Hey everyone, welcome to episode 8 of Making Friends with Mark McGark. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, today's guest is Allie Probst, who is at Tragic Allie here, or at Tragically here, if you know how to read. You can find some of her writing on medium.com slash at Tragic Allie here. Allie is the best. She's, she's so fun and funny and cool. I've known her for a little while from Twitter, from just talking online, and She's one of my favorite people to talk to, so I'm I'm proud and thrilled and just uh, so happy that you guys get to hear this because uh, she's worth hearing. She's worth knowing. I, I really, I highly suggest that you follow her, and I, I mean I suggest that with everybody. Uh, I don't know. I'm just feeling enamored with her right now. With myself though, not so much. Um, I think one of the reasons that I do this podcast is because I, I I have trouble talking with people. You know, I'm socially awkward and I don't I never know what to say and I just I feel weird and self-conscious. But I'm thankful for this opportunity to have in-depth conversations with people that I care about and admire. Uh, so thanks and thanks everybody for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Bagels. Now, bagels are going to be our sponsor for the next few episodes. So what we have here is some running content, and every episode I'm going to give you a new bagel recipe. Uh, let me start with this. Everyone knows that bagels are the most perfect food in all of existence. The equivalent of 47 slices of bread. Every bagel is bursting with, uh, with breadiness. Now, New Yorkers love them so much that they famously won't shut up about them uh, unless they're in an Uber. Uh, nobody talks in an Uber. Well, guess what, bagel lovers? Uh, with the next few ads on Making Friends podcast, you will learn how to add more beautiful boiled bagels to your diet, just like your doctor recommended. Today's recipe is bagel pasta. Now everyone knows that pasta as a meal is just too light, so let's add some carbs on Italian night by running 20 bagels through your pasta maker. I mean, it takes a little elbow grease, but in just a few minutes, you have a bagel spaghetti. And the best part is, since the bagels were already boiled, all you have to do is throw a little hot, uh, how about some Alfredo sauce on them, and it's dinner time. For extra authenticity, you can try substituting cream cheese for Alfredo sauce. Thanks, Bagels, for sponsoring today's episode. Like I said, the next few episodes will include more recipes for bagel meal ideas. I'd also like to thank my neighbors for talking very loudly outside. Thanks, guys. So let's get into the episode. Like I said, this is Allie, and oh my god, she's so fun. She's so fun and nice and relaxing to talk to, and just, just a wonderful presence to have around. Um, what do we talk about? We talk about uh, education, her kids, what, what, what that's like. We talk about writing, because she's a writer, so she gives some writing advice to us. Um, what, what else do we talk about? We talk about religion. And she answers a lot of your questions. This one 
went long, but it feels short just because she's such a pleasant person to hang out with. So I hope that you enjoy this. This is at Tragic Alley here. Uh, here you go, friends. Have fun. Okay, I'm going. Nice. All right. Cool. Thanks so much for doing this, Allie. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. And it's so... I, can I just reiterate how pleasant it is to see your beautiful face? Well, I like seeing your face too, but you're a little bit lurk, like lurking in the darkness. I know. I'm shadow man today. Yeah, but like at certain angles, I can see like the whites of your eyes really good. Like a little bat or something. Just like a little glowing eye. <laughs> That's my, that you can be my nickname. You can call me the little bat for this podcast. <laughs> that fits you, I feel like. <laughs> I'm the little, I'm everyone's little bat. <laughs> yeah, I told exactly. you I'm kind of out of my element today because I'm at my friend's place cat sitting. So I don't have my normal chair, my normal desk. Here I am on a squishy, squishy bed by a bright, bright window. Okay, here's my things. Should you really be sitting on their bed, first of all? It's a studio apartment. There's, like, nowhere else to sit. Okay, I'll allow it. But I have not seen a cat. She'll probably... She likes the sound of voices. Um, and she won't be able to hear you, so she knows my voice. She'll probably come and sit near me just because she keeps hearing me talk. Oh, It's okay. like every time... I was reading a, a magazine article out loud earlier, like a vocal warm-up. And she came and sat right next to me and started purring. So I'm sure it'll happen again. <laughs> a vocal warm-up. I was. <laughs> I take this seriously. I know. I support you. I'm glad you take it seriously. Yeah, so she's, uh, her name is Lucy. She's, uh, she's not a tiny cat. She's a quite a large cat, but she's not fat. All right? Don't judge her for that. She's just large framed. I would never. I don't judge cats. I'm a feminist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure they judge you. Yeah, so I'm sure I they just, do. That's truly magnanimous on your part, that yeah. even though they judge you so harshly, they do judge all of us, that you, in your heart, will always see them as full and complete beings. Uh, sure, something like that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you I, have any pets? I love cats, but Oren's allergic. My, Oren is my husband, for the listeners. Um, he's allergic to cats, so we have a dog. And you do? yes, um, he's not down here at the moment. Oh, he literally he just—he literally just scratched at the door upstairs when I said that. He knows you're talking about him. Yeah, he knows. Um, he's a beagle, and he's really old. And oh, I've seen. Okay, yeah, I remember now. I've seen pictures of him. What's his name? His name is Dempsey. Um, he's named after Jack Dempsey, not Patrick Dempsey. People always say that. Um, they assume that I named him after like McDreamy, and I'm like, first of all, <laughs> I first of all, I did anatomy. not name him, and second of all, he has a little more class than that. So mm, classy beagle. Yeah. So who is Jack Dempsey? I'm not sure I know that name. Oh, Jack Dempsey is a boxer, like an old timey boxer, like with the. Oh, gloves. one of those guys with the big curly mustache and the small soft gloves, and he's got like a old timey boxing stance, like uh, like um, Ron from Parks and Recreation might have behind his desk. 
they yeah. have a portrait of him? Exactly. I'm assuming so. I don't really know. I didn't name the dog. We got him from someone else. Um, but she said it was named after Jack Dempsey, and I Googled it once, and it was like an old-timey boxing picture. So that's all I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would love to see him. Um, you're supposed to name rename the dog, though, when you get it. Well, see, My she, parents said, did that. she said that we could, but I was like, that's just going to confuse him. And also, he's <laughs> not very bright to begin with, so I didn't want to, like, add another mental hurdle to his life, you know? So I just kept well, okay. it. Okay. I mean, I guess that's fair. I'm sure you know your dog better than anyone else, but it does sound like you're being a tad patronizing towards old Dempsey. Okay. He's not very bright. Here's the thing. I have two kids. Okay, that I have to take care of all the time. When yes. I have to take care of a dog's issues too, it's <laughs> it's a little much for me. So yeah, I'm not I'm not always very kind towards him. I mean, I am in that I feed him and love him and stuff like that. But yeah, if I want to be patronizing, I will. You know, I'll show respect to cats, but dogs. No, you got to earn <laughs> I'm it. I'm sorry. I take it back. <laughs> I will demure to you now, Allie. <laughs> Who came first, the dog or the children? The children. We've only had the dog for two years. Really? Yeah, we got him when we moved here. So I had a, I actually had a friend, and she was going through a messy divorce, and it was her husband's dog. And he moved out and didn't take the dog, and she tried to find a place for him, and no one would take him. He just abandoned the dog with his ex-wife? Yeah. Ugh. So that was That disgusts sad. me. Yeah, and... <clears throat> she had to go back to work because she was a single mom now, and so she didn't she couldn't be home with the dog. So she kept trying to find a home for the dog, and she couldn't. And so I said, well, she said she was going to take him to a shelter. And I said, well, let me take him and just try it out and see how it goes. It was kind of like a spur-of-the-moment thing. Yeah. But in my mind, I was thinking, if it doesn't work out, I'll just take the dog to a shelter, but at least I'm the one doing it instead of her. It's not so painful, you know? I but guess then, so, because she has a history with the dog. So if right. it had come down to you taking it, at least you could have, like, a bit of distance from the yeah. whole situation. Yeah, exactly. But then we fell in love with the dog, and my kids love the dog, and I was like, well, we'll keep him. So. Okay. Yeah, he's, you... a, he's a good dog, mostly. Do you kind of feel like I, the phrase comes to mind meant to be? That you ended up with that dog? Do you do you kind of do you feel like that's appropriate, or are you just like, it's it's a fuck it's a dog it's a coincidence we just found a dog and dogs are lovable so screw it. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not really a meant to be kind of a person. It just kind of was. It lined up well. It was nice because my older son is a little shy. His personality is, tends to be kind of shy and anxious, yeah. and he bonded with the dog. Like, right off the bat, they became buddies. And and so I do think that that was a good thing. And it was good timing, maybe, a coincidence. Because, you know, my son was about six, five or six, and we got Dempsey. And it seemed to be a good fit for both of them. Because Dempsey needed a home, and and Jack was really into it. It's funny, his name is Jack, and he's named after Jack and Dempsey. Jack Dempsey. Yeah. I looked up a picture of Jack Dempsey. He's is got he quite a sneer. There's an old black and white image of him, and he's making like a like a pugnacious face. Yeah, but he's like old timey, right? <laughs> well, it's black and white. Okay. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
I have can't you believe seen... people used to be black and white back then. That's crazy. I know, so weird. Like, when did that switch happen? It... I don't know. Gradual, I suppose. No, it was like the Wizard of Oz, where one day we were just all color. Yeah, but how do you explain then that some people have black and white pictures up until like 1988, and then other people were like, 1967, here I am. I mean, Technicolor. I'm guessing it's the rich people. They paid for color. I don't know. Those elitist, you know. The one percent, they were color. (laughs) (laughs) Another consumer good to be passed on. Yes, exactly. That's right. Have you seen your son Jack open up a little bit since you've had Dempsey in the in the picture? Yeah, for sure. And he's been, you know, he went to kindergarten and now he's in first grade and that's been huge for him. Like he's made huge progress. And he's he making has, friends left and right. Yeah, he has a little out. he has a little best friend. <sighs> and so it's been really good for him. I was kind of nervous to send him to kindergarten cuz he's one of those summer birthdays. So his birthday is yeah. the end of June. So it's kind of like, do you send him, uh, you know, so he's one of the youngest in his class yeah, or which, do you wait? Right. Yeah. Um, that's a decision you have to year. make. Right. So what did you do? So I, I sent I, him. I would, you sent, I would think that's better. I so think the earlier, the better. I just went for it with him because he's the kind of, well, I don't know how much to get into on the podcast. <laughs> Whatever you're comfortable but, with. But, um. He's a great kid, and he's brilliant, and I would not change him at all. But he was really speech-delayed, and he had even Mm. some physical delays, a lot of delays. And he was doing therapy, you know, at at our highest. He was, like, doing therapy, like, four or five times a week. Oh, wow. So we were doing it a lot. And it was sort of like he was amazing because every time they raised the bar, like, okay, our next goal is this, he would work and meet that goal you know so then we set the next goal and he would work and meet that goal and he would it was kind of like i just felt like every time we raised the bar he rose up to meet it so when i was thinking about kindergarten i was like well it might be a little tough i guess but every time we've kind of tried to push him a little bit Uh it's ended up that he was really successful but he did kind of need that push he didn't naturally um just fall into a lot of things that are easy for other kids he needed to be taught and he needed extra support for a lot of stuff and I kind of saw kindergarten as like let's just go for it because he's been amazing so far and you know so we yeah it sounds like he's very resilient and he's able to rise to the challenge Um, and I'm guessing that this sort of formative development here is going to impact him for the rest of his life where he's like, oh, okay, now I understand that I can set challenges for myself, and then I can go and meet those challenges, and then when that happens, I'm going to do another one, just right. another challenge. So yeah, what a, what a I, great attitude to have. I read a lot before I sent him, too, about, like, you know, they call it redshirting, basically holding them back to send them. Yeah. Um, I read a lot about it, and one thing I thought was interesting was it said that kids that you send a little earlier, they might struggle in kindergarten through second or third grade might be a little harder for them because they're a little younger but then it showed the studies were showing that long term they actually were more successful academically maybe because maybe because they went into it feeling like i've got to work in here you know they they couldn't slack off it because it wasn't easy from the beginning 
So they develop. Right. So they're building those skills. Right. So as well just... as the intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, yeah. Because what happens, I was a teacher, and what I see is there are a lot of kids who are just like, oh, I got this, I can handle this. And of course, like, every child's brain is developing super quickly, and they're brilliant and smart and capable of many things. But what I found over time was it's the ones who develop the skills and the attitude of everything's going to be pretty hard, so I'm going to really need to dedicate myself to this. Those are the ones who succeed over a long period of time. Right, and of course every kid's different. Like, I wouldn't want anyone listening to think that I was saying, like, you should always send your kid young or whatever. I mean, you just decide as a parent what you think is right for your kid. But I just thought, well, let's just go for it with him. And he's been amazing. Like, now he's in second grade and he has no extra supports. Um, Wow. He's just totally mainstreamed in there and just doing awesome. No, he's in first grade. Did I say he's in second grade? You said second grade. That's coming up, though. You're only a few months away from second grade. He has a week left of school. But um, he's okay. reading at a second grade level, so I can brag about that. Oh, nice. That. I was just going to ask how's his reading. So he's, he's yeah, ready. Amazing. He's ready to move on. Yeah. He's, it's been amazing. And it's just one of those things where, like, I appreciate it so much. I mean, every parent appreciates their kid, but we worked so hard to get where we are that it's just amazing that he's doing well and, you know, happy at school yeah. and stuff. It's, Aww, Allie, I'm just, so happy for you yeah, and him and awesome. your family. Yeah. It's like you never know when you're making these decisions. It's just the right thing to do. So right. to see it pay off like this, that's got to feel brilliant. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. But I didn't mean to just talk about my kid and child development and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I could get it. We could do the whole podcast on this because I yeah, have lots of experience teaching young kids. So, like, I have, but let's, uh, well, let's talk, well, how was your day today? Let's just make it a micro. Let's let's focus on something small now. What have you been up to today? Um, let's see. So today was a good day because it was my day to have both the kids at school, which usually I have the younger one at home. But today he had his school, and I, use, I'm supposed to use that time to like be productive, you know, because it's my only time without kids. But I totally took a nap. Yeah. And when I was taking that Suck nap... Suck it, productivity. I know, right? When I was taking that nap, I had a dream that I was doing performance art. And this is what I did for my performance art. I just wrote tweets on my phone, and people were clapping for me, like cheering for me while I tweeted. And then I woke up, and I was like... Okay, this is a problem. Like, my narcissism is spiraling out of control. Um, because I, you write tweets? No, because, no. I, because in my subconscious, I'm like, people would love to just watch me tweet. Like, they would clap for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm an artist here. You're going <laughs> to like it, people. Well, were you yeah. reading your tweets out loud as you were composing them? No, or were I you just, just silently typing on your phone and then people would stand up and applaud? No, I was just silently typing. And <laughs> other people had their phones, so I'm assuming that they were, like, reading what I tweeted. 
Uh, I okay. sent it out, and then people like read their phones, and then they all clapped for me. <laughs> oh, okay. That you know what? I would attend a performance art piece like that for at yeah. least twenty seconds. I would give it a little <laughs> bit of time, but I think that would be fun to be in the yeah. audience and to see somebody on the stage, and then you look at your phone, and bloop, here here's the thought that they're thinking. Right. Like you, there's something kind of cool and transcendent about them not saying it out loud, and then you see it on your phone. Whoa, that was yeah. in their mind. Exactly. Okay, but but also it's really arrogant of me to like <laughs> <laughs> to think in my subconscious be like, oh yeah, that would kill it. The crowd would That's love it. it. <laughs> People are gonna cheer for me. Yeah. I'm gonna be famous. Yep, and then I was like, after my nap, I was like, well, I've got to get ready for my podcast. So, (laughs) (laughs) really, I'm concerned that I'm becoming a raging narcissist because of Twitter. Well, how long have you been on Twitter? Um, let's see. Like, I joined in, like, January, not last January, but the one before. So it was, like, 18 months or something. Yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah, so... You've grown. You have like you have over ten thousand followers, don't you? Yeah, I don't know why at all. <laughs> it makes me nervous. It's the performance art that's what gets them. Right. the The faves and the retweets are like the applause, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the way I think of them because I've done stand up before, and it's the same kind of thing. Like if you say a joke and then the audience responds, it's that instant feedback of yes, I did it. And the same thing comes with a tweet. You put the joke out there, you might get the instant feedback of the likes and the and the retweets. Yeah, it's it's kind of addicting. It's like it's like a a mouse hitting a little lever to get cheese, you know, like the, the instant validation. yeah, the instant gratification of like. But sometimes you don't get the cheese, so you're hitting it more and more to see if you're mm-hmm. gonna get the cheese that one time. It's it's a bad cycle. But I joined Yeah, it. sometimes they withhold the cheese and you, you have no chance of getting the cheese no matter how funny you think you are. Right, so then you have to just push the button more and more all the time, <laughs> frantically. Yeah, you don't <laughs> like that? Ooh, how about this? Yep. Who's this one? You're going to yep. like this one, right? And That's then how I they tweet. They sense like the desperation. Manic. Yes. And then they move on. Yes, exactly. Fickle Twitter audience. Yeah, so I joined it when we moved out here to Iowa, I live in Iowa, Um, I didn't know anyone, and let's see, and Jack had just started kindergarten, so it was like, for a lot of years, I was really deep in the mom stuff, and that was all I focused on, you know, the therapy, the mom stuff, newborn, you know, two newborns, and him in med school, it was just crazy and busy, but then it was like, I got here, I was in a new place, I had no friends, and he's gone all the time. Because my husband is doing his residency for pediatrics, if people are wondering. Oh, I didn't realize he was pediatrics. Yeah, he's he's at a children's hospital. So he's going to be an outpatient, just an outpatient clinic doc, like your standard pediatrician. But for residency, oh, you work in the hospital and do all okay. kinds of rotations. So he's gone a lot. So anyways, I Can joined, I just say, can I yeah. interject really quickly? Sure. That um, when we were trying to set up for this podcast, you were having some computer problems, and then Oren came to help you. Mm-hmm. And I must say, I was surprised by how hunky he looks. 
Hunky. I couldn't tell from other, but he leaned in, like he was leaning in, so I saw, like, to, to plug something in, and he was wearing a tight t-shirt, and it was like, okay, I could see his <laughs> muscles under there. Hunky Dr. Oren. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty hunky. He'll love to hear that, because <laughs> he spends a lot of time at the hospital eating, like, cafeteria chicken nuggets, so he doesn't oh. get to hit the gym a lot, you know? Um, yeah. But he'll love to hear that. I think he's hunky, you know. Well, and, that makes two of us. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> pretty nice being married to a doctor. It's just like TV, except I actually did a tweet about this once, about how uh, it's just like sexy doctors on TV, except they smell like cafeteria food all Ew. the time. And they start every conversation with, oh, you want to hear something super gross? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine he has just a, a, a treasure trove of disgusting stories to share with you. Just so gross. I just... wonder, uh, probably nurses have even grosser stories. Like, I, I don't know if I could handle being at a table with nurses and doctors when they start to get into their gross stories. It's sort of like how with comedians, they uh, when they hang out with their normal friends, everything that's funny has been said already, so they have to dig really deep and get into the disgusting stuff to try right. to make each other laugh. I imagine it's the same with doctors. Like, oh, wait, you think that that bedpan story is it's too much? Let me tell you about the spewing disaster of 1998. Yeah, like, you don't even know. It's so bad. And I have my older brother, James, is also a doctor. He's on Twitter, too. Um, yes, he's fun too. I don't remember too. his handle though. That's bad. Uh, I the cr- he's the Cray Master. Yeah, but it's at JM Boyd something fifty eight maybe. Anyways, who knows? Um, he's a doctor too, and so holidays, You're... dinners together, they start <laughs> yeah, telling each other stories. It. it is bad. It's disgusting, and uh, we had one Christmas morning where we were. We went over to a friend's house for, like, a Christmas breakfast, you know? It was all fancy. There was, like, tablecloths, and it was, like, nice and festive, and everyone was happy. And James and Oren start talking about one time they... Oren was shadowing James at work. So this was when Oren was still a med student. James was a doctor, and Oren was shadowing him to get experience, you know? Okay. And uh, they start telling the story about this guy who came into the hospital which is a huge infected penis like just disgusting Did, what <laughs> the entire penis infected yes bloated like a, yes like enormously large and obviously infected like there was a, <laughs> so, an issue going on so they start telling the story at christmas breakfast and like gross I know, and they're like... That's not appropriate for Christmas no, breakfast. I was, like, kicking Warren under the table. Like, can we just not? Like, do we have to talk about an infected no penis? No penises at Christmas. If, if Especially gonna, not infected ones. Right. If you're going to bring up a Christmas penis, well, don't let it be infected. Like, a nice Please. one. Yeah, let it be a, a nice, um, a nice a, gift in the stocking. Yeah, like a Santa hat on it or something cute. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, something cute. Make it an adorable <laughs> penis, and then we're talking. Then we can talk. Right. It was, you know, Ugh. but it didn't even. I can really, only imagine. It didn't really occur to him that it would be like, normal people don't like talking about stuff like that at breakfast, but. And yet, Anyways. with all these grotesque stories swirling around in your head, you still manage to dream about yourself. 
So right. I give you credit for that. That's a skill I have. I can almost always come back to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can but, always okay, make we, it about you were talking me. about um, you were talking about how you've been on Twitter for about a year and a half. Oh yeah, and so you I got on it when you moved I, to Iowa. Yeah, I didn't know anyone, and also I'd been doing the stay-at-home mom thing. I was kind of lost, you know. You kind of lose yourself in in your kids, and um, I kind of felt like I had lost myself separate from my family. So then, when I started. Mm. Being on Twitter, even just making a stupid joke and having somebody who doesn't know me, doesn't know my family, doesn't know my situation, doesn't know I'm a mom, maybe, doesn't know whatever. Right. You're to, a complete stranger. Just, yeah, to just see, see something based off of just my words alone and think that there was some value in that, even if it was just like, ha-ha, that was super validating for me. Um, and then... Beyond that, I was able to meet people and make friends on there. It's been amazing. Like, you know, our now Twitter I'm friends to are you. amazing, aren't they? I love our the friends that we share. I'm sure you have others yes. that I don't know about. No, <laughs> but I, and don't. I know I have some that probably you don't know about. But the okay. ones that we have in common, good God, they we got some so good, good people there. They're so good. Like they're wonderful people. Well, that's the cool thing about the internet is it's like you can find your way through so many people to the ones that just click with you and it's super awesome i love it when did that start happening for you um you probably started tweeting and then gaining a little mm-hmm. bit of a following and then okay. when did the friendship start happening so the first person i ever dm'd with was ashley so <sighs> adult mom cray at home ma whatever yes. um she dm'd me because i did a tweet that alluded to a doctor husband and her husband is a doctor. Her husband's a doctor, too. Yeah, and she DM'd me and said, oh, is he in residency? And I was like, yes. And then we started talking, and then we became friends there. So she was the first one. Um, that yeah, I really... it's so weird that you would have that thing in common, which is, like, sort of superficial compared to the other things that you have in common. And based right. off of that, you would get into it and be like, our personalities, are so, they jive together so well. Right, yes. So I met her first, and then I was kidnapped into a room that had her and Morgan. It was the first time I met Morgan. Um, and Sweatpants Cher. Yes, yeah, Sweatpants Cher. And I think Val was in there, Valley Girl. Yeah. And I These are all s- smart, funny moms that yes. are just uh, like a, just a thrill to hang out with. Yeah, and for me, that was the thing is I was like, oh, they're moms, but also they are these amazing strong powerful individuals like they are their personalities are so um amazing and and to just get to talk to them every day whenever i feel like it i just feel like it's a huge blessing like i know people hate on twitter sometimes that it's you know stressful or there's a lot of jerks on there and stuff but for me it's been it's been amazing it's been awesome yeah, I think for if you're lucky enough, for every jerk that you come across, you can find a dozen wonderful, marvelous people that you enjoy talking to. Right. And it's I think worth for it. me, I use it more for conversation now than I do for tweeting. Yeah, me like too. Like it used to be that it was like I would get these thoughts and I would be like, maybe some other people will find this amusing and I would throw them out there. And now I get to like actually have dialogues with people and back and forth, which I, I like more, I think. Yeah. Like, I still like tweeting. I still like coming up with joke ideas and sending them out. But I yeah. love the community. 
Yeah, it's awesome. And that's why your podcast is fun, because you get to hear people yeah. hear people converse and hear their voices. Because, you know, I, I talk to you plenty, but I don't get to, like, see your face. And see, well, I do get to see your eyebrows move a fair amount. <laughs> yeah, with that gif. <laughs> yeah, because there's a gif <laughs> made a gif of, of my eyebrows waggling. <laughs> yes. I have since trimmed my eyebrows. They're a little bit, um, a little bit more tolerable now. I don't know. I'm disappointed in that. I wish you would have kept them a little. The bushy? Can you grow them out a little bit, maybe? Well, yeah, that goes without saying. They grow <laughs> without any effort at all on my part. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool to like see your face and have a regular human conversation. Is awesome. Yeah, it's good to see your face too, and like movement and the way that you like. Uh, move your neck and your shoulders when you talk, which sort of like lends to the message of what you're saying. All these things are important. Human yeah. interaction. Right. That's a cool thing. But also, Twitter interaction is fun, too. I mean, it is fun. But I'm going to meet up with, this summer, I'm going to meet up with um, Ashley and Morgan and meet and, them yeah. for reals. Which is pretty awesome. It's gonna be so exciting. I know. I'm so excited. Let's see. I've met Kev and Kel in person. That's so, right. Kev came over. They both came over to your house. Right. Yes, they did. Which is sort of funny if you think about it. Like I was like, "Hey, internet strangers, come into my home." Like <laughs> they're not strangers by this point. You've been talking to them every day for months. Right. That's what I figured. Is I was like, if these guys are like murderers who are trying to just con my way in, this is a really complicated con like i know that is one long ass con yes they have poured a lot of time and energy into pretending to be my friend if they just want to murder me i'm just imagining them uh typing on with one hand on the phone as they're messaging you and in the other they're like gently stroking a razor sharp knife yeah it's like soon your time will come (laughs) yeah for sure or like an evil cat not a nice one but like an evil one or like, like a, a cat made of knives. Yes. Knife teeth on a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and a knife tail. A, yes. a knife rubber banded around the tail. Yeah, but then when I saw their faces, I was like, these people are the nicest people in the world. So if they murder me, I will love it. Like, I will thank them. <laughs> so oh, you guys, you're welcome to murder me now. Yeah, you're just so like, lovable. Oh, look at you guys. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you get nervous before that kind of thing, of meeting somebody like that, that you've been, like, established a relationship with, but now you get to meet them in person and it's a different dynamic? Does does that um, get on, does that, like, make you nervy? A little bit. Yeah, I was a little nervous to meet them. I was mostly nervous because I was like, you know, I'm, like, a married lady with two kids and I live in Iowa and, like, what if I'm, like, boring in person and... Because they're like these young hip, I call Kev like a hip young punster, you know, he's like, he's like got a mustache and he's like renting all these puns and stuff. Some married lady in Iowa called me a hip young punster. I don't know what to do with that. Like what if I'm like some like boring, like, you know, like I'm like have some lemon squares, like offering them (laughs) cool. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I would, what is boring about a lemon square? <laughs> it's tangy. It, <laughs> it's just sweet. Like me. It's tangy yeah. and sweet. <laughs> yes. But no, I don't know. I, a lemon square was just what I thought of for like a housewifey kind of a dessert, you know? Well, I get to be boring without the added benefit of having a family and people who love me. So <laughs> there you, you go. You have people who love you and you have this random friend's cat. So that's something. Lucy. She still hasn't come up. Maybe it's too hot. 
Yeah. Hopefully she'll make an, an, an appearance in the podcast before it's too late. Yeah, she better. I'm waiting to see her. I drank all my coffee. Well, I have a little bit left. Do you drink coffee? I do, but that's um, only within the past year or so. Yeah, because you had like a religious conviction not to drink it earlier in your life. Right. I was raised Mormon, so... Mormon. Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know... Mormon religion. Yes, exactly. But I left it about, let's see, a year and a half ago. Um, so now, yes, I'm very scandalous and, you know, I live on the edge. I drink coffee. I have, <laughs> I have a glass of wine sometimes. One glass of wine from time to time. Yes, I live Were you in that edge. conversation that Adam was involved in where we were talking about the origins of the Mormon conviction to not have caffeine and alcohol? And he yes. was saying, well, it's kind of started out as sort of like a recommendation, not so much a, a strict uh, rule. And then he got, he got into the history of it, and it sounded right. like it just started like somebody was like, you know what, you might feel a little bit better if you don't have these things in your life. And yeah, then that's... over time, it got co-opted into, don't you dare, don't you dare put this in your body. Yeah, it started out as being like a general health suggestion. Like there was a, they call it the word of wisdom, where there's um, a bunch of suggested things, and it's like... It doesn't even mention coffee by name, but it's like hot drinks or... <laughs> so I'm like, come on, does this mean like no hot chocolate? I don't know, come on. Or what, if, a, I, what if I leave a bottle of water in the car and it gets kind of hot? Can I not drink it? Right, yeah. What if it turns hot not even by your own design? Right, like at what point does it turn from like lukewarm into hot range? The devil's temperature... Yeah, um, that's how you know. When it gets warm, it's like the devil has touched it with his finger and made it hot. Yeah. He stirred it up, stirred up your coffee. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. But then there's also stuff like um, you're not supposed to eat a lot of meat, and you're supposed to go to bed early and early to rise, stuff like that. But then it, it over time, yeah, I mean, because this was in the 1800s or whatever, that it was first written. Over time, it's become a full-on rule. So, um, I don't know. Yes, I was in that conversation. Adam and I, we like to discuss Mormon stuff, but then I, I tend to get agitated just because it's a sensitive subject for me because, right. you know, anytime you grow up really entrenched in a religion and then you leave it, it's complicated. It is complicated. And you and I have talked about the guilt that is attached with religion which um, can plague you throughout childhood and just stay in your psyche through adulthood as well. Even yeah. if, you, if you don't practice religion anymore, it's still like part of the way that your mind is structured to think now. Yes, exactly. Uh, and that's a, big, that's a big old bummer. Yes, I'm always worried now. Because, I mean, I've sort of separated myself from all these rules that, come with, that I feel are man-made that come up with Mormonism, but... But I'm constantly like, am I a bad person? Is this the right thing? Like, even stuff like, you know, if I'm sad, I'm like guilting myself. Like, why am I sad? I should be happy. I should be more grateful. I should be. It's like nonstop. Um, right. That's just, the dangerous part. 
Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not so much am I making a bad decision? It's whatever decision you've made becomes a bad decision because of the guilt that you attach to it, yeah, which you exactly. can't really help. At least and in it, my I don't want to put words in your mouth. This is my experience. No, that's my experience too. It's just a it becomes just a very um negative inner voice sort of telling me that yeah, like, whatever I did wrong was, you know, bad, or I could have done better, or I, you know, there's always something that I should have done better. Yeah. Like, shut know? up for a second, inner me. Yeah, just, exactly. Just chill out. Let me relax and be in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast we could do where um, <laughs> I could talk about... The Inner the, Voice podcast. Yeah, the Inner Voice. No, just sort of about what it's been like for me leaving... A huge, I mean, it's a huge part of your life, right. you know, leaving that. It's a that. big conscious decision to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really hard to leave it all behind. And and then I had a lot of, um, like, loose ends in my mind that I was trying to connect in a way. And, like, I've, I've been able to find meditation for me has been a good thing to help with that negative inner voice but also to replace like I used to pray every day you know twice right. a day more than twice a day so that was weird for me when I when I stopped believing in that it it was hard for my brain to figure out how to function because I was so used to relying on yeah you you prayer. have the habit of prayer and right. which which is like I think they've done scientific studies on it. I can't cite anybody or any particular study, but it really is, uh, it makes a positive impact on your mental state when you pray. And And I think it just like keeps, the way that I think of it is it keeps the, the things that you deem important sort of like in the upper section of your brain so that they don't just like get lost in the sea of of the tumult that's going on inside of your brain you're sort of like always bringing them to the forefront which allows you and your subconscious to kind of solve problems that um you might not otherwise solve if you kind of shove them down right and when i found meditation was when i was able to feel that same kind of experience but with removing the components that were causing the anxiety, like like that I was talking to God or that I was waiting mm-hmm. for an answer, those were kind of stressing me because I, you know, I my belief system had changed where I didn't believe that there was necessarily anyone listening anymore. So that was hard for me to, to figure out what I was going to do next. But then when I found meditation, it was sort of like just the processing just I let my thoughts come and I I don't fight them you know I don't see meditation as a way to like turn off thoughts Mm -hmm. just to sort of watch them go by and be at at ease with them and to be able to have some focus and quiet and peace and to find (coughs) I found that I was finding answers in myself just by being a little more calm and quiet so you're yeah. finding strength in yourself through meditation. Yeah, exactly. So I at, at what point did you that. find the meditation? Had you already left the church and you were yes. kind of like struggling to find something? Yeah. Yeah. So I left it and I was having a lot of anxiety because I knew that it was what I wanted to do for me and my family. I didn't want to raise my sons the way that I'd been raised, even though okay. I don't blame my parents. I love them. They did what they thought was best, but um, yeah, every I family just knew. is different. Yeah, and I just knew Even it your own family from your parents' family. Right, exactly. I just knew it wasn't what I wanted to pass on to my kids. So I left it, and it was um, a huge paradigm shift. 
and I had tons of anxiety. But again, my Twitter friends helped me out a ton. Like I know that sounds maybe silly, but having someone else's perspective or just having someone to talk to um, was super helpful to me. But anyways, I started, I went to therapy and also I started meditation and it was maybe over a year or so that I, at first meditation stressed me out really bad. Like I was like, I can't do it. I'm doing it wrong. Um, Or or it would be like, you're supposed to, you know, just focus on you. Yeah, you're supposed to focus on your breathing, and I'd be like, I can't remember how to breathe. Like I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> like I, I remember, I used to be before I ever it. did meditation. I used to when I was a kid, I would be like, when I would think about something that's an involuntary action in my body, like breathing, mm-hmm. I would suddenly not be able to do it anymore. Yeah. So I, like, exactly. there would be times when the teachers would say same things like. Okay, take a big breath in and out to the whole class. Like maybe it's like a calming procedure, and then I'd be like, "Wait a second. and I would be like, "We yeah. do the big breath in and out," and then from there on, I'd be like, "If I don't think about every single breath that I'm taking for the next two hundred hours, I'm going to stop breathing and I'm going to die." Yes, I know that feeling. Or like I'd be doing meditation, and they'd be like, "Feel the rise and fall with your breath," and I'd be like. Oh gosh, like am I supposed to rise when I'm breathing in and like fall when I'm breathing out? Yeah. Or is it like, or do I fall when I'm breathing in and rise when I'm breathing out? Like, Which one is it? Yeah, and I just be like, is it my stomach? Is it my chest? Yeah, and like I could not do it. And I would be like, I'm doing this wrong. And, you know, I just would get really stressed. It just took a lot of practice for me and just a lot of repetition for me. Um, but now it's, it's amazing how you can sort of rewire your brain or something um, to learn these new... Definitely. Learn new things and to, um, you know, I just feel like... Do you do it every day now? I try to, but I forget. Also, with meditation, you're supposed to sit in a chair, right? Like, with your back straight and, like, your feet on the ground. I don't do that. Like, I lay down in my bed. It doesn't really matter. I don't think. Like, these are all recommendations. It's whatever works for you. Yeah, I just lay down. So sometimes I fall asleep. So it (laughs) starts out as meditation, but then it ends up as a nap. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, your body is saying that you need a nap at that time, and that's okay, too. But I think that's why they have you sit in a chair, is so you don't fall asleep. (laughs) But um, I still count it as good, you know. Even if I take a nap, I'm like, ah, that was a great meditation right there. Great meditation where I dreamed of people in an audience clapping every time that I tweeted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did I did some meditation yesterday and it's I did I have the same problem as you sort of alluded to where you forget to do it. It's like I'll do it one time and I'll be like, This is incredible mm-hmm. and then the next day I'll be like, I don't really wanna and then I'll yeah. be like, Oh, I for- completely forgot the day after that. But then yeah. I did it I used headspace because I talked to Mason. And yes, she recommended I headspace. headspace too. So I tried it out and I did like a 10 minute meditation. And as mm-hmm. I was doing it, I saw this bug. And I don't know why it is the human response when you see a, a bug in proximity of your body, you just want to go smash to the bug. <laughs> but uh-huh. I was meditating and I was like, the bug is cool. Just let the <laughs> bug be on its own. There's no need to smash. Nice. So I appreciated that, that I was like, um, having reverence for the life around me, even but though it was a little But then did you smash smaller. it afterwards? Never smashed it. Oh, okay. And it never posed a threat to me, so it was fine. Oh, that's good. That's that's very zen of you. 
just yeah, accepting this, that's all a rare the life. zen moment in mark's life yes yes i do headspace too and i love that guy with his accent he's got um, a nice accent yeah yes he's a relaxing I, fellow yeah so sometimes i'm like I'm not sure if I love meditation or if I'm sort of in love with this headspace guy. <laughs> You're getting a crush on him. <laughs> yes. I just want to please him, you know. I just want to do it right. I want to do the meditation right. <laughs> Did I do it right? Yeah. Um, does does your does your husband does he practice any religion? Well, yes. I mean, we met we met at BYU, so we were both Mormon. So we got married really young. Um, we were both 22. When we got that married. Is young. Yes, but I thought I was old. Like you when did? I got How married. old were your yes. friends who were getting married? Like 19? Yes. That's not uncommon for Mormon girls to get married at 19. I was, I was graduating from college, and I was not married yet. And I was like, I'm so old. Like oh, it was, but you don't know anything. I know. I didn't know anything. Well, not you in particular, but anybody who's 19. No, I know. Just doesn't, doesn't have enough experience. And like, I guess right. some of them do. But I would say the majority of them don't have enough experience to say, this is what I want for the rest of my life. Right. And I remember I was in, so my undergrad is in social work. And I was in some kind of psych class. And they were talking about, um, like, adolescent development or something. And I remember reading a thing that said you really don't develop your sense of self completely until your late 20s or so, maybe around 30. And I remember reading that and being like, but I'm 21 and I'm engaged. <laughs> like, I remember thinking, like, Yeah, it's like an wise? alarm in your brain. Yeah. Is, am I doing that right? Yeah, I was like, hmm. But then, you know, I just glazed over it, just ignored it. Um, but that's just a cultural thing. I think Mormons tend to get married really young and it's family-oriented and stuff. And, um, I mean, I've been lucky because it turned out well for me, you know. I'm, yeah. So Oren was Mormon as well. Yes. And, and did, did he go through the same crisis as, of faith as you did? So I did it first. And <laughs> <laughs> which is... It, it puts a strain on things, you know, when you, you both have the same worldview and then one of you is just, like, just throwing it out the window, starting new. Um, that can be pretty intense. But he was always amazing, super supportive, which not every spouse in that situation would be. But right. he was always like, you know, we've got to find your happiness and stuff. And now he... Um, Oh, that's sweet. He's still working through his own feelings right now, and I don't really want to like out him on a podcast of you know what he thinks or where he's at. But no he's, problem. He's figuring out where he's at, and he's been amazing. And um, I just have all good things to say about him. So that's it sounds good. like it. Yeah. yeah, and I I think that everybody should be figuring it out all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like it, as soon just... as you feel like you found the answer, you need to start over again because yes. it's it's way more complicated than yeah, like I always find that it's journey. more complicated than I give it credit for. Yeah. It's a total um it's cuz we're changing as people, so I think that our perspective is always changing and that's okay and good. So, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and you support each other through the whole process. Yes, exactly. Yep. Uh, let's see. What um. What did, was Oren 
was he one of your first boyfriends of all time, or or did you meet a couple mm. of other hunks before he came into <laughs> oh, the picture? Um, yeah, I mean, when you get married so young, it's like not a lot. And also, Mormon dating would be different than. Ooh, tell me, what is Mormon dating like? Well, I mean, you you, you sit in your booth and you drink <laughs> lukewarm beverages together. <laughs> um, no, it's just it's just very. Um, so there's a rule that you don't date until you're 16. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. And then even then you're supposed to do like group dates mostly, like not a lot of, not a lot of like one-on-one stuff, like pairing off just because. So you have like peer chaperones to make sure you stay in line. Yes, exactly. It's just all trying to keep you away from the hanky panky, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's very wholesome. There's a lot of like, uh, you know bowling and board games and stuff <laughs> i mean that is fun those, yeah, those I mean, do make fun dates i mean yeah i i did have some fun dates and i i had maybe two guys that i would think as consider real boyfriends before mm-hmm. that um and they were fine i guess <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, once you met Oren, Oren blew them out of the water, I'm sure. Yes, he did. You're a hunky doctor, man. Um, I actually went on a date with his brother first. What? I was friends with, yes, I was friends with his brother. And What's his brother's name? Don't say Warren. <laughs> not. Uh, his brother's name is TJ. Maybe I'll make him listen to this. Shout out to TJ. <laughs> TJ. Um, TJ. So we were friends, and we went on a date, and it was fine and fun, and at the end of it, he was like, is it weird that I feel like you're my sister? And I was like, no, I feel exactly like you're my brother. Like, oh exactly. Oh, my God. And, and now you are sort yes. of brother and sister. Now he's my brother. So <laughs> I imagine you had that date with him, and then you both went your separate ways, and then later that night, you came back to the house, and you were, like, throwing little pebbles at Oren's window, <laughs> and Oren just, like, lifted the window up. He's like, Allie, is that you? And you were like, Oren, you're the one. It's you. It's, like, not too far off, because after that, not too long, so I was still friends with TJ, but we didn't date again, because we were like, this is brother-sister weirdness. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he brought Oren over to my apartment once, and I was like, that's the, that's the better fit in my mind. I was like, <laughs> oh, it was almost TJ, but not quite. So right. this one's that's better. Right, you're trying to get there. Stepping stone. Right. TJ was a stepping stone. And I jokingly texted TJ. I was like, oh, I've decided I'm going to marry your brother because then we can all hang out. It'll be super fun. Like as a joke before I even started dating him. <laughs> and he texted back like, ha ha, okay, good plan. And then I actually did it. <laughs> Classic Alley. Life took your joke seriously. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's really, uh, that's what a wonderful origin story for your marriage. Yes, and today, in fact, TJ's wife is having a baby today, right now, as we Congratulations, speak. Congratulations, a yeah. little TJ. A little tiny TJ. So. Do you know what the name of the baby is? Um, it's a boy, and I think they're going to name him Logan. So. Oh, Logan, like Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. I hope he's That's not awesome. born with those claws. That would yeah, be a painful claws his delivery. Way out. <laughs> it would be painful. <laughs> Just clawing his uh. way out of there. 
the inside um, of the uterus would be all clawed up. Ugh, that let's, sounds bad. Let's refrain from using the word uterus too well, often. I already used the word penis, so it's okay. kind of... We'll, we'll try to keep it a one-for-one one ratio with the okay. amount of times we use penis and uterus. Yes, equality, please. Allie, you do, you do some art, right? You do some painting and some other stuff? Yes, I do some art stuff. That's true. It's you super... promised me... A pic- I don't, do you remember you promised me something? Um, no, but that sounds like me. I'm so nice. Just you promised nicest. to paint me a portrait of Dave Cactus eating a waffle with ice cream on it. I will so do that. I'll do that. Okay, Please you gotta, do it. you got to send yeah, you, me the you picture. You said it, again. and I couldn't tell if you said it in jest or if it was serious, but as soon as you mentioned the idea, I was completely on board. Uh, yes, I want Dave Cactus eating a waffle on my wall. Okay, how big should we do it? That's artist's preference. Okay. It's up to you. I'm going to do it just enormous. Just an entire <laughs> wall of your apartment will be Dave Cactus eating a waffle with ice cream on it. It probably would not be the biggest picture of him. Did you know that he is on a mural in Denver? There's an yeah, image of Dave really Cactus. Yeah, is that really him or is it just like it looks like him? It's him. It is, is it? him. I think he's doing some gardening. I'm not really sure in the mural. <laughs> but he's he's bending over. <laughs> it's a giant picture of Dave bending over. Classic Dave. <laughs> Loves to bend over. <laughs> That's so him. He's always bending. So funny. <laughs> Such a bender. Uh, <laughs> but yes, your main focus does seem to be you'll okay, you'll draw the picture. I would I would yes. love it. I would love it. Okay. But your main focus aside from that is uh writing. You do a lot of writing. And it yes. looks like you're starting to get more intense about your writing. Yes, I am. Well, that's another great thing about Twitter is that it's actually led me to um Having a job now, it's doing some copywriting for... Tell us about your job. Okay, so I made some friends on there, on Twitter, and then those friends, I guess, you know, they see what I write or whatever, and they thought that maybe I had potential to write some jokes. So now I write um, for Scary Mommy, which is, a, it's like one of the biggest parenting websites out there right now. Yeah, um, it's a big fish it's, yeah but i just write memes for instagram so i just write little basically tweets stuff i would write for free you know and then i get paid for it which has been awesome and i get to work with some friends it's been really super duper fun and like just a dream come true but it gave me a little boost of confidence that maybe i could keep writing. I've always wanted to be a writer, like, ever since I was a kid. Um, and I know it's just writing memes or whatever, but here's my thoughts on that. Like, it's great to write a novel. It would be amazing. Like, that would be my life's dream, you know? Okay. But this is the way that our world works right now. Like, yeah. people and people like this... and need little... We need of these. entertainment. Yeah, just little... That's what I was going to say. With the tone of the administration in America and everything that's going on, how awful the world seems at every given moment, to just tune out for 20 seconds and look at a meme and have a good big chuckle and forget about it, how important is that? 
that's yeah. like and that's... like I'll see people you know I'll see when they post them I'll kind of browse the comments sometimes and just to see people being like ha 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 and then they tag one of their friends and they're like oh this reminds me of you or whatever I'm like this is how people connect now like this isn't just yeah. um, meaningless you know fluff silliness I mean it is but also this is how we communicate now and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, it's kind of hard for me to explain to, like, my dad when I'm, like, he's, like, what are you writing? And I'm, like, uh, Can you just say, Dad, (laughs) I am literally writing the zeitgeist. (laughs) Yes, I should. Um, No, I don't know. I just, I think that that's a new, a whole new way of communicating and a new brand of writing that people act like is silly, but it's, like, there's a big desire for it and it's fun. And so I'm with you. I, I'm a hundred percent with you. And I'm a tiny bit jealous that you get to, you, you're getting paid for writing these, but I can't hold it against you because everyone that I've seen is, is really hilarious. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to bring up, you have a website that has quite a few of your memes. Oh yeah. I it need is, to put some more recent ones up there though. And there's even one that you sort of, you didn't reference it, but it's exactly like you were saying, where you tag a friend, where you're talking to your therapist. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Oh, yep. That was a tweet, and I just turned it into a meme. Perfect. So you came up with it for your own kind of um, fun and amusement, and then you found a way to uh, get it out in front of tons more eyes. Yeah, okay, but you should probably read it, though, because no one else will know okay. what you're talking okay, about. Okay, nobody knows. All right, yeah, so here, yeah. here it is. Uh, the, it's a scene with you and your therapist. The therapist says, how does that make you feel? And then you say, it's like... And you pull out your phone, and you say, hang on, I saw the best meme for this. There, I tagged you. <laughs> That's I, funny because it's also true, like... My therapist knows about my memes. She and does? Like, yes. Also, I told her when I hit 10K on Twitter, <laughs> I was like, it's been a pretty big week. <laughs> <laughs> does she support you? Or yeah, is she she's like, the, oh, no, she's just the nicest. She's, neurosis. A, she's super young and nice and supportive, but um, I'm sure I sound insane. But that <laughs> just kind of goes to illustrate, it is a joke, obviously, but also... It's a it's a form of expression now, I think. Definitely. Can I ask you, for somebody like me, or for some of our listeners, who probably enjoy doing the same kind of thing that you do, and would like to um, not necessarily make it into a career, but um, who just want to write more and get your, their jokes seen, what, what kind of advice do you have for us? Um, what have you learned? Just keep, keep doing Twitter stuff, for sure. And then trying to write some other things that you that you feel represent your style, maybe, and then trying to get them on Medium would be a good first step, I think. And yeah, you I'm have still, a Medium now too, yes, where I see you're I'm working s- on slightly longer articles, which right, uh, take an idea and develop it a little bit more than a tweet would. Exactly. I haven't really done it as much, but I have talked to a few people to get advice on kind of exactly what you ask. For example, I talked to Andrew about it. Um, What's his last name? It's a British last name, but I don't remember <laughs> it. It's like... It's Chalming? Chalming? I feel like that's a British way of being like, Chalming. I know, it's not fair. 
but, um, um, let's say Chaming, so he doesn't have that pleasure. Oh gosh, he's going to not like this, that we don't know his last name. <laughs> and somebody, somebody said it out loud to me, and oh, I've great. already forgotten it. Anyways, I talked to him briefly about writing, and he said that that was his advice would be to write some things, put them on medium, so that you kind of have a representation of, you know, what your, your style voice. is, and pass them around a little bit, maybe. I know Mason does that, too. Um, How do you pass them around? Mason with a pen. Um, just put them on your Twitter, you know? Okay. Um, put a link just, to your Medium yeah, article on your Twitter. Yeah, get some people to read it. But honestly, I can't give advice because I just sort of lucked out in this situation where I was just friends with people who started doing well and asked me if I wanted to write for them, you know? Yeah. So I really can't give advice here. A little organic <laughs> networking was happening, I think. Well, yeah, but I think just just by putting yourself out there, writing stuff, making friends, it is networking and... Um, I mean, yes, just write stuff. That's the thing, I guess. If you want to write stuff, then write stuff. It's right? deceptively difficult. Because I, really, I, especially yeah. the more you get used to doing tweets, and I'm going to talk about my experience. Let me yes, let me make do. it more personal. The the more I do tweets, the harder it is to write longer form stuff. So like there was a period in college where I would write I would write long form all the time, and I was very happy writing essays and elaborating, um, but. Uh, over the years, as I got into tweets, that would just like I would try to make an idea as concise as possible. And yeah. now I often do challenge myself to write longer form things, and I can't do it. Like I just I can't get the words out. I I can't concentrate for long enough, and I I can't complete uh, an entire article. So I think right. like <clears throat> if you can do it, definitely do it, and definitely keep working on it. And for me, in my case, I'm going to keep trying until I can actually do it. But I am disheartened by how difficult it is for me sometimes. Well, okay, so here's another thing that I'm learning. Because I'm in the same place as you, where I'm trying to stretch myself as a writer. So one thing you've got to do is to just put words down, you know. to Again, it's like that negative inner voice of, like, you're analyzing what you're writing. You're saying it's not concise enough, or it's rambly, or it's whatever sometimes I feel like when I write longer stuff that it's like self-indulgent you know that it's just yeah. like going around and around and but what you got to do is just sort of turn that off and write the words because the editing and that's like a left brain thing so yeah. you need to just do the creative part of putting the words out and then later worry about how good it was if that makes any sense instead of worrying while you're doing it like it's not good or it's not coming out right it's like meditation you're like i can't breathe i'm not doing it right <laughs> but uh you just gotta do it and let yourself do what comes naturally and also i have some books now that i've got um that are like writing prompts okay um or like writing exercises where it will tell you some ideas and just kind of get you started or there's like a word bank and you just you know randomly yeah pick i did some one of those words. the other day i think one of the writing ideas was go to the dictionary pick a word that you don't know and make up a definition for it so it's like definitely it's like don't look at the definition this is your creative moment to come up with it and i like that activity yeah exactly well those activities even if you're not coming out of it with anything you know usable it's just the the practice of your brain learning to just just spit some words out, you know? Just put some words yeah. on the paper. 
daily and, practice. Yeah, and just letting that process become second nature is kind of what I'm working on as well. Because, you know, eventually I'd like to break into writing some longer form stuff. But yeah. But I'm happy well, writing the memes. I'm not complaining at all. I mean, it's it's fun. I, and yeah. also I get to pick, like, funny pictures, which is another... Oh, you picked the pictures? I wondered if Scary um, Mommy picked those. No, and just... I picked the pictures, and I pitched the joke and the picture together. Nice. Um, but I get to just do a lot of internet wandering where I just look for pictures. You know, yeah, stuff. and again, it's probably the same kind of thing you would do anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Because um, it's fun. That sounds super fun. I'm really happy for you. That was one of my, my favorite tweets of yours ever, is that little dog, and he's sitting at, like, the coffee shop with, like, a cappuccino. Yes. And he has, like, a fancy sweater on. Yes, and, and he's um, reminiscing about his time at Dartmouth. Yes. That was when, I think that was the first tweet I remember seeing from you and being like, I like this guy. He likes <laughs> a fancy dog. Like, I feel like he was in, like, New England talking to an well, old yeah, it college was, uh, chum. That's that's the feeling I wanted. He yeah, was, it was he's perfect. at a table and he's sitting across from someone. I wanted it to feel like, you know, like an October day when it's just getting nice and cool. <laughs> yes. He's enjoying his cappuccino, but he is struck with nostalgia at that particular yes. moment, and I mean, his memory was... drifts back to his love, Susan. Yes, it was moving, man. It was good. So I'm I glad. saw that, and then and then I saw a video of you doing a tweet read. And you were, like, under the desk. Do you remember this one? Which you one like, was that? You were, like, really upset, and you were, like, laying under a desk or a table. Oh, and I was crying? Yes, yeah. you were crying. <laughs> that was a museum. I don't remember the tweet exactly. Something about being kicked out of the museum. Yes, and it was so dramatic, and it was perfect. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this guy. Oh, thanks, Allie. This thanks guy. for noticing me. Oh, you're the best. That was so awesome. I love finding... It's amazing to me that there's so many, like, funny, brilliant people out there just writing tweets for fun. For fun. It's so awesome. Yeah. And speaking of those funny, brilliant people, let's get to their questions now, shall we? Okay. Yes, let's. All right. So I'm going to read you some questions from the internet. Uh, We have... you got quite a few. So um, we'll we'll start here. We'll we'll go down and we'll see how it's going to decide if we're going to read them all. Are you going to, like, edit me down? Do you, like, cut out stuff? Uh, I'm getting more fluent with that, uh, with the editing process, so... I'm just curious yeah, just, if everything just do whatever you want is on here as we no? do this. And if you, if you don't like the way it comes out, or if I feel like it can be tighter, I'll go ahead and edit it. But I'm okay. pretty sure that people will want to hear everything anyway. We'll, I'll make that decision later. We'll make it together, okay? Okay, all right. I'm ready. All right, so the first one is from at Goggle Possum, and who I have known for quite a while. I like him. He wants to know what's the worst thing that you've ever done. Okay, so I I followed him forever. Like I remember following very early on in my Twitter experience. He's super funny. But I don't know him. I've never spoken to him off the timeline. So it's cool to have a question from him. Um okay. And also he is British, so feel free to to reply in an accent if is that anyone- suits your fancy. Is anyone not British these days? <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like that's the cool thing nowadays. 94% Ooh. of Twitter is British. I'm British now, and I'm I'm the cartoon animal, Avi, and I'm British. Um, oh, you, you have a famous tweet about being British. I forgot all about that Yeah, one. I do, and it has gotten me so many British comments. 
I mean, because I, I made fun of British people for adding extra letters to words, right? In this yeah. tweet. Like the U's. Okay, here's the thing. I've gotten probably 200 comments saying, Americans are the ones who take the letters out. Oh, and come like, you on. know they're just like, they're like smashing a crumpet in their hands while they type <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> they're they throwing their coddled cream at the wall. I don't, is yes. it, yeah, whatever cream it is. Exactly. They are angrily sipping out of their tiny teacups. Yeah. Um, uh, they're so cute when they get angry, aren't they? Yes, they're so cute. <laughs> um, okay, so the worst thing I've ever done... I don't know. That, that question's hard because I don't know how serious to go with it. Because I don't want to take it to like a weird place um, where I start like confessing things. But, okay, we'll do a silly take on it. Well, I don't really have anything to confess is the other thing. <laughs> like, that makes it sound like I have bodies Is, hidden is not somewhere. preparing to answer this question the worst thing you've ever done? No, I thought of a bad thing that I did. Okay, Because I, th- I thought, me. I read the question and I thought about it. Hit and it, I really sister. evaluated my life. So <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to always tell my little brother that he was adopted. Like, just oh. all the time. Oh. On a regular basis. That's mean. I would tell him he was adopted, and I had a story that we found him on the porch in a shoebox as a baby, <laughs> and I stuck to this story for a really long time, and he used to get really, really mad, and I feel like that was not very nice of me, and I don't know why I did it, but I have three brothers, so like I had to torture them, right? They tortured me all the time, well, so the I guess thing that would is- be the worst thing. Maybe. You, you, you don't even sound regretful about this. No, because it's kind of funny. Like a shoebox? That's awesome. <laughs> He's scarred for life and you're laughing. Oh, man. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm not convinced he wasn't adopted. So, <laughs> <laughs> until my, I'm proven wrong. My fa- that adoption story would never work for my family because we're three boys and we, we all look exactly like my dad. So, it would be like, no, there's... No way. There's zero percent right. chance. We yeah, are but when we were spitting kids, images. It was like, he looks exactly like my family, so there's no way. But when we were kids, I just liked to torture him, and he got really upset about it, which is why I kept doing it. Because every time I did it, he'd get so mad. Oh, and you were a bully. It was that. Yeah. It was that validation. Even then, some kind of response from your audience. You needed yeah, it. Yeah, man. It's that narcissism seeking <laughs> the response for sure. I couldn't right. tweet at him, so I had to mock him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, at Marky Doo says, One time, Allie and me drove off a bridge, but it's cool. We're better now. Yeah, that's just a nice story he likes to share with people, I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, I like to make jokes about driving off a bridge. so I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I have a few tweets about it, and um, I joke about it with Billy. Um, at who, Y Green, who is our grin. next question? <laughs> um, yeah, Jelly says simply, the beans. Yeah, so for some reason, I spend a lot of time talking online to random men about driving off bridges and beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my main hobbies. Um, the beans is so funny because it started out as a meme that we both thought was funny. You know that meme. Um, yeah, I know. It's I the know old that guy, meme. and he's the like, old guy with the uh, um, 
with he's a leaving, semicolon instead yeah, of the apostrophe. He's leaving um, a Facebook message on Bush's baked beans, and he's like, I'm thinking about those beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's and so silly. It's so funny. It makes, well, beans are funny on their own, but just an old man feeling like he wanted to tell Facebook, just <laughs> let them know. He's yep. thinking nope. about No it. other comment, just I'm thinking about them. <laughs> I'm thinking about them. <laughs> um, that's uh, the best. So now, okay. yeah, now Billy and I like to talk about beans a lot. Michael, at home halfway, he says, Allie, what are your favorite 100 tweets of mine? I don't think you have to answer this. Yeah, um, just blow up his fave star. I'll do it later. That'll make him happy. It's, uh, I think that you could look at any 100 of Michael's tweets and those would instantly become your favorites because he's so darn talented. Yeah, he's amazing. He is so smart and so funny. All right, here's Trojan Sauce. He's, he has a two-parter. He says, one, who would win in a fight, me or at Mike Bigby? He's talking about Tom versus Mike Bigby. And number right. two, w- would you rather have a Donald Trump tattoo on your chest or... Lose all your fingers. Okay, so starting with the fight, I'm going to say Tom because I don't know Mike very well or at all, I don't think. I mean, I know who he is, but um, I'll say Tom also because I like Tom, so I'm going to vote for him. That makes one of us. (laughs) 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 Um... And then, okay, a Donald Trump tattoo on my chest? Or lose all your fingers. (sighs) Oh, that is rough. I mean, I want my fingers, though. How am I going to text and, like, DM if I don't have my fingers? That's a good point. So I'll take the tattoo, because can't I, like, couldn't I cover it up later, maybe? All right, let's start a GoFundMe today for Allie's chest tattoo of Donald Trump. Next question. And the removal. (laughs) We'll start a separate one for the removal. Yes. I bet Trump would tweet about you if that that GoFundMe went viral. Um, I don't want to do it, but I will since Tom asked me to. Okay, Tom gets his way yet again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kyle Patrick, our friend at Kairai5, he says, Hi, Mark and Allie. I would like to know what is one thing in Allie's everyday life that she's proud of or that makes her happy? Um, That is a great question. And I feel like I've talked a lot about stuff. I mean, my kids and art and writing, meditation, those make me happy. But the main thing that makes me happy would be food. So, I'll just say, food makes me happy. I'm proud when I find it or make it, Yeah. and it makes me happy to eat it. What's, your, what's for dinner tonight, Allie? Oh, I haven't thought that far ahead, actually. But Okay, um, what was the last delicious meal that went into your face? So, I am big into Mexican food. Yeah. So... I made these, um, they were like tostadas, and then they had like the melted cheese on the tortilla, and they had like chicken and like spicy chicken and peppers and stuff on it, and then like sour cream, and then that cojita cheese, the Mexican fancy cheese. Yeah, the crumbly kind of cheese. Yes, and then like green onions. That's a problem with living in Iowa, 
the Mexican food is not a thing here. Did you make that meal yourself? Yes. Yeah, you have to, right? Yeah, because it's Iowa. There's not a lot of good Mexican food. It's sad. That's too bad. Yeah, I I, I did a road trip, and when I was driving through the Midwest, I was was constantly depressed by the lack of uh, options for delicious food. You guys got to get your act together, uh, general Midwest. There's a lot of cheese curds. So that's yeah, something. That is something. That's I I'll take a cheese curd. But there's not a lot of Mexican food and I love Mexican food. Me so, too. Yeah. All right, next one is from Mason Piedfort. She says, "Allie, she says my sweet 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 Allie with a beautiful <laughs> voice, my sweet. How how did you get into painting? Amagurumi? I don't know if I said that right. Crocheting." And then she says, "Hashtag #crafty bitches." Yeah, so, um, yes, I think you said it right, but I'm not sure. But what that word means is you crochet, like, animals, little animals. like Oh, fun! Like stuffed animals, but they're crocheted, so they're, like, cuter. Um, which sounds really dumb, I know, but no. that's, like a, that's like a lemon squares kind of a thing. My Have brain lit up at the thought of that. Don't call me dumb. I'm going to, after we finish this podcast, I'm going to purchase one, an amigurumi kit from Amazon. Should I make a crocheted tiny Dave cactus? <laughs> would you? Oh my yes. God. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. You can crochet those mutton chops. Yes, <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, so how did I get into that? Um, I don't know. My mom's artsy. My sister's artsy. Art is fun. But also, I think people who are anxious, like me, mm-hmm. um, doing something with your hands is very soothing. And so that's how I started doing crocheting was it gives me something. gives my brain, like, a project to focus on. Yeah. Um, and that helps my anxiety. So that's why I started doing it. Um, Something to do with your like, hands. Yeah, but I crochet like cool stuff. And then there's, cool a, there's a finished product at the end. Yeah, and I'm not crocheting like lame like grandma doilies. I crochet like I made a Yoshi once for my son because he oh, likes Mario's Yoshi. Yoshi. Yeah, like a full-on crocheted Yoshi. That's so, cool. Anyways, yeah, I guess just I got into it because it's fun and creative and helps my anxiety. Uh, scientist adjacent who is at Mike Odenthal. Oh, gosh. He says, do you know him? Oh, yes. I know Mike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know he lives in New York, but I've never met him. He says, you why doesn't... him. Hey, I think I will. Okay. He says, why doesn't she change her online username to Sarcasm Alley? Okay, so this is why he's saying that, okay? So, <laughs> Mike and I have been friends on Twitter for a long time, and... My original handle was Sarcastic Alley, um, and then I think there was a number after it even, like 12, and that was because I didn't know anything about Twitter, and I didn't realize I was going to, like, try to be someone on Twitter, right? So, I just, so naive. So I just picked a random thing that I wanted something that ended in Alley, okay, because it's like... Okay. Like, tragic alleys, like, tragically. Anyways. Yeah, can I tell you, I only just put that together, like, four <laughs> days ago. <laughs> tragic okay. alley, tragically. 
That's okay. Yeah, I have people ask me, why is it Tragic Alley? And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a word, like tragically <laughs> here. Yeah. But actually, do you know who came up with that handle is Mike Odenthal. So that's why he's saying that. So we were friends, and he started teasing me that my handle, Sarcastic Alley, was stupid because there's a lot of, like, sarcasm accounts out there, right? That are like, I'm fluent in sarcasm, but they're really not that funny, right? Stab me in the face. Yeah. So that's kind of... Mike started teasing me about it, and I was like, well, what should I name it then? What should I call myself? I'll change my handle, but I want it to end in alley. Um, So we brainstormed words... I was in a DM with Mike brainstorming what I should name myself. And he was like, why don't you just delete your account? Like, you know, teasing me. Because that's how our friendship is, is teasing. And, or maybe he meant it. And I was like, ha ha, Mike, you, you little stinker. But um, then he said, why don't you do tragically here? Because you didn't delete your account. You're, you're tragically here. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm still there. Tragically, on the internet, writing jokes. So well, I love it. So I, I and thank it you for that. that glimpse behind the curtain of how Twitter works and how your name was formed. Yeah, but that's why he's teasing me because he's always like, "Remember when you were sarcasm alley?" Like, which it wasn't even. He makes it worse than it was. But um, that's why he's teasing me right there. But I'm gonna change it to sarcasm alley. I'm gonna change my name to sarcasm alley after this. There you go, Mike. Look what you've done. Yes. You asked for it, Mike. Okay, let's move on. Here's Morgan at house underscore feminist. Um, in, in my question call, I called you everyone's best friend. And then Morgan says, everyone's best friend or my best friend. <laughs> and then in brackets, she says, describe rage emoji. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. Do you know? Do you have any idea what to do with that? Um, I'll just tell her, Morgan, you're my best friend. So, there. Now she can know it. I yeah. I mean, we don't want to say everyone's best friend, or it means nothing. But I'll declare it to Morgan. A love letter okay. to Morgan. Uh, this one is from Bex Dora, the lady of whatever. She has three questions. She writes them very Britishingly where she adds uh, extra use where they don't even belong. Uh, So first of all, she says, number one, what is your favorite sort of leaf water? Which I believe references your tweets where you're making fun of British people and you call tea leaf water. Number two, do you have any plans to visit Brewerton at all? (laughs) I'm just reading it the way she wrote it. And number three, can I interest you in a big clock? (laughs) (laughs) that's a good comment i like that um okay favorite leaf water would be anything that's not at the devil's temperature (laughs) (laughs) an iced tea iced leaf water um okay do you have any plans to visit britain i would love to i i used to live there actually i lived in london for a year um I so I make fun of British people, but I do love it. I'm just I do it out of jealousy that I make fun of them. Was that a year to... abroad? What, what were the circumstances behind that? No, so it was actually when I was in middle school. My dad's job took what? us there. What did yeah, your dad so... do? Did he manufacture leaf water? Uh, yes, and big clocks. 
He's in the, <laughs> the, the only possible, um, <laughs> only possible jobs you could have there. Right. That's all they do there, pretty much. Yeah, Cranking and they out. solve mysteries, right? Like oh, Sherlock. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. No, um, he was in telecommunications, like um, phone, phones, phone companies. I, I'm aware of what those are. Do you know what phones are? <laughs> <laughs> Just red phone booths. No, so we lived there for a year, but then the company that he was working for got bought out, so we ended up moving back. So we were, were going to be there for longer. But Did you like it? I mean, I did, but also I was like 12, so it's hard for a 12-year-old to appreciate, you know, cultural differences, you know, when I just like wanted my friends and Taco yeah. Bell, you know. So but, you did you move back to the same place where you moved away from when you came back to America? Yeah, we we were in Denver before and after. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did start to love it there, and it definitely, like, planted a seed of loving it there. So I have been back to visit Cambridge and London, and I've been um, a few other places in Europe, and I would love to go one day when I'm not, like, a young mom with a doctor husband who's gone all the time. One day yeah. I'll go back. Hopefully. I hope you visit Vexdora when you go. Yeah, me too. We should take a Twitter, like, I was going to say road trip. <laughs> road trip to England, but like a Twitter group trip. That would be, how fun would that be? It would be so Take everybody fun. and then meet up with everybody, just have a huge group. Yes, it'd be so fun. All right, this last question is from She's a Real Genius. Uh, she says, hi, Allie, I-L-Y, which means I love you. Uh, yes. And I want to know, what was the worst job you ever had, or your worst date, or, I don't know, your worst something, XOXO? Right. Okay, I would say the worst date is more interesting. So right, the, worst, the worst date I had was, um, let's see, he took me to Red Robin, and it's a hamburger place? Yes. And then he said, he looked at the menu for a minute, and then he goes, okay, whoa, I only brought $20, so don't go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he said to me. And I was like, excuse me? Like, maybe I want to go crazy. Maybe I want to go burger crazy up in here. We're at Red Robin. What else do you expect me to do? Yeah, man. This is a place I come to let loose. Exactly. You don't bring me here and then say, don't go crazy. Um, It was the worst. And then he, after we had dinner, he had an activity planned, which was um, we went to a park and he had a giant ice block. What? Okay, so it was like a big block of ice. Like the kind that you can make into a sculpture? Yes, kind of. It was, I don't know where you buy blocks of ice, at the grocery store maybe. Um, And we sat on it and slid down a hill, like sledding. If you sit... What, you you use the ice block itself as a sled? Yes, because it was like summertime, so it slides on the grass. But I was wearing a skirt, because I didn't anticipate being sat on a block of ice and (laughs) pushed down a hill. (laughs) Yeah. It's not your normal after no. Red Robin activity. No, I'm like, first of all, you tell me don't go crazy, and then you're pushing me on a block of ice. Like, it was just, it was not ideal and not super fun. Oh. But um, 
Yeah, that, that sounds be... like it has potential, though. The ice block. If you were with the right person, who maybe would splurge at Red Robin? I don't know. I think the right person would, like, <laughs> let their wallet open at Red Robin. <laughs> then maybe right, exactly. you could have had a fun time on the ice sled. So, like, to this day, if I ever go to Red Robin, I'm like, I just let myself go crazy, man. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just go to town in there. It's the best revenge. Yes, exactly. I did a tweet about that once, and I added it to Red Robin. I was like, hey, at Red Robin, how about hooking me up with some gift certificates for all my emotional damages? <laughs> they did not respond, surprisingly. Uh, keep trying. Keep adding <laughs> places until you get what you want. That yes. Wendy's McNugget, or that Wendy's Nugget guy, he didn't even get his 18 million retweets, but they still let him have a, a year's supply of nuggets. Yeah. I mean... Some people hate on that kid, I know, but I think that's awesome. I fully support him. He Good went for, you, for it, man. Kid, even yeah. though you used uh, well-known meninists to help you get your message across. Did he? Okay, he did. I take it back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. It's uh, now, he went about it uh, in a, an unethical manner, I would say. Okay, well, I guess that's why everyone hates on him. Then I thought they were just jealous about the nugs. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> the heart of it, Allie. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great. This has been so fun. And I I especially loved uh, seeing your face and hearing your voice for real. Um, Yes, exactly. You're just so fun to talk to. So are you. It's super fun. And I'm glad you do this podcast. I like listening to everyone, Uh, seeing our friends be real people. It's super fun. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Let's, uh, on the count of three, let's say we are friends. Can you do that with me? Okay. Okay, yes. I'm going to count backwards. So, three, two, one. We, we are, are friends. friends. Yeah, now it's <laughs> cemented forever. All right. I was like, spit on your hand. Do a okay. handshake. I'm going to yeah. hug the computer. Yes, hug. I'll hug my phone because I'm using my phone. Big wig. <laughs> All right. Bye, Allie. All right. Bye. Okay.